0: Hi, everyone. This is Scott Cantrell with another exciting episode of Consulting with Authority. Uh, I am especially excited to be joined by a friend and colleague who I met uh, a few months ago uh, through, I think, a mutual business coach of ours. And uh, so excited that she agreed to be on the podcast today. And I know that all of the information and expertise she's going to share will be highly, highly useful for all of you who are you know, leading your business and trying to lead yourself, trying to lead your team to accomplish more of the goals that you want to achieve. So I want to welcome onto the podcast, uh, Jaylene Case. Uh, Jaylene works with leaders who want to lead themselves first and build stronger teams that are focused on what matters most. Uh, Jaylene, thank you so much for carving out the time and being here with us today.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Scott. I'm excited to talk with you.
0: It's going to be a fun conversation. Um, you and I have, have done some work together, and we've had a lot of great conversations. And every time I talk to you, I've always got pen in hand and my notebook here, uh, ready to take notes. And I think every time we've spoken, I've taken something away that I can, um, you know, that is useful for my clients. But also useful in my own work and in my own life. And I know that today will be no different. So for all of our listeners and viewers out there, make sure you've got your note-taking apparatus ready to go. Or if you're listening in the car, maybe don't take notes, but just file some key things away in your mind. Um, Jaylene, I want to begin our conversation here just by having you tell a little bit about your background and how you got into this world of consulting.
1: Yeah. So Scott, I'm going to start way back in where I grew up, but I'll make it a a short path from growing up in Boise, Idaho to where I am now. So I, um, grew up a mechanics daughter and we, my dad, even though we didn't have a lot of money, he always figured out a way to do what matters most. And what mattered most to him was riding motorcycles. So he got a family of five riding motorcycles, um, Lord knows how he did that and kept us all together and, and safe, but we did that. And then, uh, and then as a a teenager, kind of in my growing years, I rode those bikes, those dirt bikes, like a bat out of hell in the mountains (laughs) of Idaho, but I also got straight A's and I played every sport a girl could play. And that was back in the late seventies. And then, you know, my, my work career took off, but not, not really with a bank. So uh, when I was in high school, I started a program that was designed for people not destined for college. It was really an office education program back then. We called people who worked in offices secretaries. And so half the day, I would go to school half the day as a senior in high school. And then the other half of the day, I would work as a teller at a bank. And I did that for a couple of years after high school. And I tried to advance at the bank. And I remember accidentally looking down on my application uh, that the manager had written some notes on. And I saw this note that said, she's a dime a dozen. And it still hurts to say that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was that was really a turning point for me. Although quite honestly, even though I knew I didn't want to go that route, I didn't know what I wanted yet. Uh, so kind of fast forward in life. And I was just listening to something on the radio by that, by this point in time, I had gotten married at 25, had a kiddo and was still working full time, really worked full time since 17 years old. And I heard this question on the radio and it just said, what would you do if you won a million dollars?
0: Mm.
1: And I knew instantly I would go back to school. I always Mm -hmm. wanted to go to school. And so during the course of my late 30s and mid 40s, I got a bachelor's in management and organizational leadership and a master's in education with a focus in organization and human resource education, which who knew then how much it would tie into what I'm doing now, right? Sure. Um, And then I worked for 22 years in the food service brokerage industry and left that industry to move into well, to get married for a second time um, mm-hmm. and live on the Oregon coast and start into a certain nonprofit job,
0: okay. a job yeah. for
1: a nonprofit organization and left that job in 2015 as the executive director, because my husband and I decided to quit our good jobs and hop on two big BMW motorcycles and ride them to the Southern tip of South America.
0: That's amazing.
1: And we've never been the same.
0: I love it. So, tell, so, you know, you, you've kind of set that up there. Uh Now we, we got to dive a little bit into this trip. So yeah. if you don't mind me asking, what was, what was the catalyst for the trip? I mean, what, because that, that's something that's, that's the type of decision that other people, and I'm sure you've heard this in different words, but that's the type of decision or type of experience that people look at you and they say things like, oh, I envy you, or I wish I could make that kind of decision, or how lucky you are. And of course, the reality that I've started to figure out in my few years on this planet is that, first of all, how how fortunate and blessed are we to be able to have the type of careers that where we can even fathom making that decision, number one. But once you get past that, the reality is that those are the types of life decisions that we often can make. We just choose not to because we're too timid or scared or it's so not it's so not the norm that we are pulled away from it due to the inertia, of the status quo. So I'm fascinated by the trip. And I I, I want to hear, you know, I'm sure you could do a whole day or, or a whole week about the experience that you had um, or a whole month on the experience that you had. I, I do want to hit on some highlights. But what what was the um, what was that trigger point that said this? We're going to do this.
1: Yeah, I can tell you exactly. So I'm going to give you two trigger points because okay. there was the starting and then there was the let's go. But it took a few years in between. Okay. So the first trigger point was in 2009. So remember, we didn't leave, leave till 2015. Yeah. My dad died. He okay. was 66 years old. Mm. His big BMW motorcycle was loaded for another trip to Alaska. Wow. And he, I won't go into the details. It doesn't really matter. But basically it went from, um, well, I have a sore shoulder. Uh, mm. One week later, he was dead because of wow. uh, flesh-eating bacteria, which is just bizarre. Goodness. And so as we were going through his things, my mom was saying, you know, what, what do you kids want to take home? And we ended up taking home because by that point, I was riding motorcycles with this lovely new husband of mine. Yeah, And I'm still married to him, by the way. And yeah. uh, And so we took home some motorcycle DVDs. And we got home and you know, like a few months later, we started watching them. And some of the DVDs were about how to ride your motorcycle around the world. Wow. And I asked my mom, I said, wow, I didn't know you guys were thinking about this. And she had, she said, What are you talking about? Mm. (laughs) She had no idea. So I knew that my dad had that dream. And then we just started watching them, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, looking for something to watch. And slowly over time, that seed just grew Mm -hmm. in us. And then we realized, oh my gosh. Like how, what would it look like for us to do this? We started to envision what it would look like. I would start to see, I live on the Oregon coast. So I would see these big adventure travel motorcycles loaded down and dirty and, you know, cool stickers all over their bags. And I would begin to think like, I want to be that traveler and so then my, we started having serious discussions. So now you fast forward. When did we make the decision? One Sunday night before we were getting ready, you know, getting all ready for work the next day and we're in the kitchen cleaning up. And I said, because we'd had lots of discussions, I turned to him and I said, did we just decide to quit our jobs? I was like, yeah,
0: I think we did. And we wow. did it. Gave us five,
1: five month notice at work. And wow, yeah, that's the, that's the shortest version I can tell you.
0: That's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's frankly an inspiring story and, um, you know, something that I think we would all do well to, uh, number one, plant the seed in the first place, allow the seed to take root for, for these, these grandiose dreams that it doesn't, whether, whether they're normal or not, right. If they're your dream, letting that seed under, you know, seeing that it's there, letting it take root and not being afraid to cultivate it and let it grow. And you guys actively did that, right? You actively, every Friday night, watch the the video. You actively, whether you knew you were going to do it in the future or not, at that point, it's not irrelevant, but that wasn't the point. The point was you're actively cultivating the dream until finally it became became ripe fruit on the vine that was ready for you to pick to continue the metaphor. So I, I think that's just phenomenal. I'm interested in this because- I think that that type of choice, certainly in this sense, it was about travel. It was about an incredibly unique experience. Um, It was about fulfilling a dream that you and your husband had. It carried on from from your father, no doubt. Um, And I think that's incredibly meaningful. And everybody's got something like that. It, It may not be motorcycling down to South America or walking the Camino Reales, one of our good friends and business coaches has done multiple times, but there's something and it may not have to do anything with travel. It may be starting a new business. It may be someone listening to this who has a, a, a perfectly good corporate gig. They know they're, they're dabbling in consulting. They know they could do this on their own, but they're a little timid and scared. Maybe that's, the, that's their big decision that they have to make. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about where was your, what was your feeling and your state of mind as you guys were making, you're know, getting closer to that decision point, and maybe that morning, that decision point, and and during even during those five months of notice, I, I can only, I, I'm assuming, I don't think I've ever made a decision like this. this is why I'm fascinated, right? Anything I can learn about this type of decision, anything the listeners and viewers can learn about what it takes and what you're going to face when you make that type of decision, I think is valuable to learn from obviously no doubt there was joy and excitement and anticipation but i i can only assume that there were some there was trepidation and anxiousness and even doubt and and fear about all of this wrapped into that too what tell me a little bit about that experience during that time and how you you know what did you do with those types of feelings how did you manage that because i think that's the thing that you know keeps us from from living our best lives is we listen to one voice more than we listen to another. And that was what makes the difference. What was your experience like?
1: Gosh, I could say I could go in so many different directions with that question, but I'll, I'll try to keep it concise and say fear. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Fear was there. We were in our fifties. We, this is not the thing you do in your fifties, quit (laughs) your good jobs. I mean, we both had great jobs and and we liked our jobs. It wasn't that we didn't dislike our jobs. Yeah. Um, so number one, fear and the voice of our society. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. You should be loading up your retirement funds. Mm. You should wait until retirement to do something like this.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: it took a lot, and I now because of the work I do and the additional education I've right. completed since we've been back, I can unpack that a lot better than I could at the time. Yeah, but. Here's the thing that, and I think we all, well, I know we all have that internal voice. And to me, there's there's two, actually a kind of a Native American story, I believe it is. Like we all have these two, I think it's wolves inside mm-hmm. us. Um, one is, you know, that mean, ferocious, it says mean things side. And one is that side that, you know, believes in possibilities. Mm-hmm. And the question is, which one do you feed?
0: Yeah, right. And
1: so yeah. I think as we were deciding... We, uh, we, we, we gave voice of course, to the fears and we tried to be realistic about it, but then there was that little voice at this is the point. I want to get to, cause I think it's true in business too. Mm-hmm. That whisper that doesn't go away.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Right. But
1: the whisper that says that, and for me, this is the whisper and, and I'm not, the whisper was, I want to do this before I die. Mm-hmm. I want to do a long-term trip. Didn't have to be on motorcycles for me. That wasn't my passion. I liked it. I was comfortable with it. Right. Could have been a sailboat, frankly. Right. Uh, But I, so it's following that, following that voice above the other, the fear voice. Mm -hmm. I,
0: I love, I love the native American wolf story. And I think now that you bring it back up, I think I have heard that before and which one, which one lives, which one dies, which one grows, which one declines. It's the one that you feed, which one are you going to listen to? And so it, what, what I'm hearing you say is, even in the midst of making that decision, probably even in the midst of the journey at times, uh, perhaps less so because there's so much excitement about mm. be- being there. But even, I would assume, in the midst of the journey, and I'm again, I'm kind of correlating this to making a business decision or any other major decision that we make that maybe goes against the grain or goes against the inertia of society, um, even in the midst of making that decision and having that experience, that whisper is not going to go away. Uh, Those voices, both, both voices are always there. And it's a, it's an ongoing, I won't say struggle. It's an ongoing choice of which one we choose to indulge, which one we decide to listen to. And the one we listen to is the one that will, will follow. So if, if you want to tap into fear and not do the thing, then listen to the one wolf. If you want to be bold and arguably brave and go against the grain and take that chance and have that experience, then, Listen to the other. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, Scott, I'll just, I want to just connect this directly Please. directly to business.
0: Okay. okay.
1: Here's the thing that drove me on this trip. Yes, I wanted to do a long-term trip. But once we made the decision of where we wanted to go, because we mm-hmm. really could have gone anywhere in the world, right? Right. But we knew we wanted to give ourselves two years. So, think, begin thinking smart goals here, right? And when I actually give presentations now on self-leadership… I use stories and pictures from this journey because it's directly related to leading ourselves in yeah. life and business. So we had this SMART goal. We're going to go to the southern tip of South America. By the way, that city is Ushuaia, Argentina, just okay. a few hundred miles from Antarctica. And we're going to go there and back in two years. And so as we were going, you're right, this was absolutely the heart. People think, oh, it was fun. You had so much freedom. You didn't have to work it was the hardest challenge of my life. I almost came back three times because wow. I, and now I understand more about why that was. I mean, I really love talking with people and um, I speak enough Spanish to get by, but not enough to have those rich, deep conversations. Yeah. And I was talking about seeds and metaphors. And you know, I was like that wilting vine sometimes because mm. I didn't have that. Um, Cause that motivates me. That drives me. Right. So So the point is we had a goal. I was going to make it to that Southern tip of South America. Like I was going to do that. That was, that was it. So, and, and it gave me the guts to start this business, which I had Ah. wanted to start um, since I finished my master's degree several years before, but I hadn't been able to let go. I'd worked full time, 35 years at that point, eight to five Monday through Friday. That's a tough thing to let go of. It's, yeah. a tough, it's a habit. It's a routine. It's right. a regular paycheck. There's a lot involved with that. So, but at the time I had no idea that this trip. So I think that's, again, listening to that internal voice um, and knowing when to follow it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't follow everything it says, but yeah, knowing sure. when you follow it. Um, it will connect in the future in ways that you don't, you can't know yet.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. That's in the great. Same
1: way, business and planting those seeds all along the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I wrote down uh, about this last point that you made is one one bold decision can open the door for the next. Yes. Um, And 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 so that, you know, I think that's what you're talking about in terms of this incredibly brave, um, truly bold and brave type of decision that you made. And again, as you said, that's what gave me the guts to start this business, which is why we're talking today. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I even know this story. It's why mm-hmm. I'm able to ask you these questions it's because of that one decision that you made that opened the door to to this this career. Um, so before we before we leave this trip um, and, and you can. I'll, I'll defer completely to you. And these don't have to be, they can be, they don't have to be life or business lessons, although there probably are life and business lessons pretty much in every experience we have. Um, but tell us a little, uh, maybe one, two, or, or three highlights about the experience, this two year journey, uh, because this is something, you know, I don't know that that's ever a decision that I would. Uh, I won't I won't say be able to make. I don't know that's a decision I would ever make, but a long term, I don't think it'd be two years, but a long term journey, you know, uh, to somewhere uh, spending a month in a particular country or three months or six months around the world or even a year being gone. I can imagine that two years, I think, is maybe on the outskirts of my imagination right now. Maybe it won't be tomorrow. Um, maybe it won't be after this conversation. <laughs> um, but maybe hit on a couple of highlights of, of that experience. Cause there's no doubt there's um, an incredible, you probably lived a lifetime of experience yeah. or Uh-oh. more in those two years.
1: Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. Although the way I describe it to people is, you know, normally you live life. If you think of it on a spectrum, normally you're kind of, we're kind of in the middle um, on this trip. We were mm. on both ends. So oh, either, wow. either it was um, like super magical Yes. Yeah. challenging. Yeah. So, I so here's what came to mind when okay. um, when you when you asked that. Uh, so a couple of stories to give you a sense of the journey. First of all, for me, it was almost always about the people. So what I love the most, and I'll tell you a specific situation, what I love the most is when we would stay in hostels. So they're not as popular in the U.S., but um, hostels are where you have a a room and might be a private room, might be with a bunch of bunk beds with other people. Mm -hmm. And then you all share a living room and you share the bathrooms and you share the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we would be in the kitchen together, cooking our meals, maybe we would so here's, here's a story I think about in Santiago, Chile, mm-hmm. um, we stayed at a place there for Casa Mate is the name of it. We, a big old house, beautifully renovated simply was not, we didn't, sure. we were not independently wealthy, by the way, we were trying to do this as inexpensively as possible, but still clean and comfortable, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we were staying in this house and and so we would get just be with people in the kitchen because cooking our meals, we would decide, oh, let's all pull together and cook a meal together and sit down and eat on the rooftop patio. Yeah, uh, We would hang out. I had an amazing conversation with a, a guy who, um, uh, it, it, amazing conversations were important to me. So mm-hmm. a guy who was in his thirties, riding his motorcycle around the world and we just ended up sitting together drinking coffee having these a deep conversation that's also the place where I sat down and interviewed a guy that we met from um uh, Iran mm-hmm. and his name is Peshman. and um I, it just was fascinating to sit down and ask him questions about sure. his country about his travels about his life so it's getting to meet people that you would never get it well not never that's a strong word but just, it's such a great opportunity to sit down mm-hmm. and, and talk with. So those were my favorite times, is mm-hmm. times like that. But the other side is people will ask, what's my favorite location? You know, what my favorite sure. spot? Yeah. And interestingly, the one that comes to mind is the place that was harshest, mm. um, but yet yeah, was just the most magnificent and spectacular. And that is down in Southern Patagonia. There's a particular national park called Torres del Paine's. And, um, wow, you could just Google that and the mountains and the, it's just so vast down there. Um, the wind blows, that area is known for really high winds, mm-hmm. gravel roads for motorcycle riders. So we, we, but we would meet people along the way and help each other out. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to press pause on myself. Cause like one story will roll into the Yeah, next. Sure. No, that's,
0: that's great. But yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I think it's been fantastic, and and I think you know what you mentioned. I love this idea of of the spectrum of life, right? Where we are at any one time, and you're right. Most of the time, we're somewhere in the middle. Maybe we, you know, we're we're shifting back and forth a little bit. Sometimes we're in the middle. Sometimes we're on the 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 optimistic or more prosperous, easier side, and sometimes not so much. Right? We have tragedy and things we have to deal with. Um, and and so you know, I wouldn't have even having not spoken to you in depth about this, I would not have realized that I I can absolutely understand it now, but I would not have thought of this trip as being, you know, often, often it's one or the other. Right. Uh, And probably sometimes in close proximity to one another in terms of time. Right. Um, Just because the nature of what you're doing and what you're having to do to continue the trip and to move to the next step and to get to the next place. And, you know um, and then obviously the, you know, uh, different cultural and language barriers that no doubt you you had to to understand, you know, learn about, and overcome, and deal with. I think it's fascinating, and um, I appreciate you kind of to, to use the word uh, taking us on a detour there um, and sharing with us a little bit about that experience. I'd love to I'd love to learn more. So obviously, you 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 came back and you had this desire and and new dream, and now you 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 said I did that. I can do anything. so I'm I'm gonna start this business. Uh, talk to us a little about how um, how your consulting firm was born. Uh, how it got started.
1: Okay. So it first started with the, the inkling of an idea um, started when I was in Southern Patagonia and I spent some time all by myself for ten days because Keith went off on a motorcycle ride with a few other guys an wow. extra 1500 miles off of our track. And I wow. said, so I let myself, I allowed myself to explore. And I, I want to share this because I feel like it's a part that is that is often missed as we're trying to decide what kind of our choice for our business is I allowed myself to explore every rabbit hole. I wanted to go down. One of the paths that I would never have gone on is coaching. I, I had a I had never had a coach before, but I had a particular view of, um, coaching. I didn't know anything about it. And, but when I would talk to people, they'd say, when I talked to them about the kind of business I wanted to start, they would say, Oh, so you want to be a coach? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no, no. I don't want to be a coach. Well, I gave myself a chance to explore that. Mm-hmm. And I realized, Oh, wow, this is mut like, this is what I want to do in addition to facilitating and helping right. teams and businesses. Cause it would take it deeper. So, um, so, And I was deciding between, do I want to start a business or do I want to go back and be an executive director, which I also loved. It wasn't, but I made the decision to start a business. Okay. So then um, I also made the decision to get a certification in coaching before I, as we were coming back. Okay, Mm -hmm. So um, the date we returned to the U.S. actually was based on the date I started a coaching program with uh, the Coaches Institute uh, co-active coaching, which is, it was a year long program. And I say that because coaching still is kind of a wild, wild west. People sure it and is. Call yeah. themselves a coach and right. I believe strongly in, um, you know, educating and, and training to right. be a coach. Okay. Uh, so my brother lives in Boise, Idaho, and he had done some work for a, a business there. And he sent me an email while we were still saying staying in Santiago, Chile. And he said, Hey, I don't know what you're going to do when you get back but You would be a great fit with this organization, and that organization is called thecompleteleader.org. And in fact, I am a great fit with them, and since have become more involved, which I'll share later. But I reached out to the owner, and uh, all excited, I want to start this business. You know, no details, and he said, "Well, you know, let's let's talk when you're stateside." So that started me down a path that I hadn't even considered before. Um, So these pieces are coming together. Yes, I, I knew I wanted to start this business, focused on other businesses, focused on working with teams and leaders. And then the next thing that comes along is this robust coaching certification. And the next thing that comes along is a person who connects me with an assessment tool that has actually become a cornerstone of my business that I wouldn't have done had I not met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and these things start coming together. So now I get back home and I'm actually living in a house again and and I just got started. and you know you start slow, you just start reaching out to who you know and start planting seeds. Yeah, just end it with that. it's like and that was in um, the summer of 2017 when gotcha. we moved to our house.
0: That's fantastic. So now let's let's dive into some of your work. I'd love to learn a little bit more. Um, you've, you've touched on it a little bit, but tell us a little about the nature of the work that you do and who the clients are that you serve. And, you know, so who do you serve and how do you serve them? What is, what is a, a normal type of engagement look like and and what are you working with them to help them achieve?
1: hmm. Yep. So what my business looks like now is, um, first, I'll say I also live in a small community on the Oregon coast. We have a population of about 10,000, maybe 50,000 in the whole area. You go an hour out. Uh, So what my business looks like now is really working with businesses, organizations, nonprofits, government agencies, uh, working with first, of course, the leader brings me in because Mm -hmm. something is kind of awry. They're not quite sure, they can't quite put a finger on it, or maybe sometimes they can, and they know there's some specific problems. So they bring me in to work with their team. Um, and most of the time, I start with an assessment tool. And the reason is because it gives people a foundation. So the one I use the most is to help people learn more about their behaviors. How they do what they do, and what motivates them, why they do what they do, and even if a, a team is having, let's say, they're just really having problems, rather than starting out tackling those problems, mm-hmm. starting out with helping people get to know each other. Like, mm-hmm. I believe we don't show up at work trying to be jerks, right? We sh- We we most right. of us, uh, and, and I, really, I don't think anyone does. So we use that as a, a starting point, and then and then working together in team sessions. And that might be in one hour increments. It might be full day increments. Mm -hmm. And, And I'll be honest, Scott, in the beginning, I was just like, yay, somebody wants to hire me. Let's just do this one day thing. This is great. But now what I've evolved to is being the expert, like partnering with the leader of that organization to lay out their team development for the year. Mm-hmm. and you know, really strategize about where they want to be taking their team instead of, you know, instead of them just having the band-aid approach too. Yeah. So um, so that's what I do mostly with teams. I think that defines that. The executive coaching side, You know, sometimes that's with uh, leaders that are inside that team. Sometimes it's leaders that come to me in other ways. Uh, and this actually Kind of rolls into a, a, a my favorite marketing tool, which is offering complimentary mini workshops or mm-hmm. presentations, call them the, what you will, uh, so that people can get to know me a little bit. And then they hire me as a coach. And some kind of scenarios of why people hire me, there's a, a woman who I've worked with for a couple of years that was trying to make a decision. She'd been with an organization for almost 30 years, and she was in line to be the next president she wasn't sure if she wanted that Mm. so you know we worked we worked together and and we also used this assessment tool for her to get to know herself from a different perspective the person she is now I've also worked with a a woman who was um stepping up and I work with men too but um was stepping up to into a leadership role and she was on the younger side and she knew she needed to Um, She wanted to be a better leader. She knew she wanted some help with that. And by the way, she got to know me through a workshop that I offered where there were only three people there and only one that I didn't know. And (laughs) it's her that I ended up working with. And so it started with uh, with executive coaching. Then it led to her, her being promoted to a national position and then bringing me in to work with her team. And now we have an annual development plan and it's a global company and her team is actually held up as being one of the models of, of all the offices globally at this point.
0: That's great. So,
1: yeah, so that's kind of an idea of how I work there and then groups. So we okay. talked about businesses, we talked about coaching. The yeah. third area that I do I of my business, the third pillar I suppose, is um uh, groups. So that looks like the a good. Here's two good examples of that. I collaborated with a colleague from the Complete Leader Program, and he and I developed a self leadership program, and we offer it virtually. He actually lives on the East Coast, and we're we're now in the third iteration of that, and that's a nine um nine session program, two virtual hours each session, and now that has led to uh, an organization here in town wanting me. Wanting us to come into their organization and specifically do that program for their organization because they've sent already some leaders through it. Yeah. They want us to do it as a foundation for all the new leaders that come into their to their organization. That's
0: great. Right. And
1: and then one other group that has been and this also kind of weaves into marketing because I know we all we all are always looking for ways to do that better. That's right. you know? way, right, um, is I connected with the Chamber of Commerce. And so I started leading um, their, their leadership program. And that the program has been going on for, gosh, more than 30 years now. The gentleman who started it uh, was 85 when I came to town and he was ready to hand over the helm and I was ready to take it. And I've done that now three years now. It goes for it goes for 10 months. Mm-hmm. And wow. it's um, one day a month. And the reason I mentioned that is like connect with your chambers if that's an area uh, if if you're looking to connect with businesses, um, and I've done several other things with them. one of which I'm going to be doing later today, actually an exciting new event. that but- awesome.
0: That's great. Yeah. And, and those She's- are great. those are great. you know you you wove in some fantastic strat you know business development strategies there too. this idea, which I'm a huge proponent of and we've talked about in the past ourselves, of of doing these mini workshops as as a showcase um to be in front of your ideal prospects potential decision makers to establish your credibility your authority to demonstrate your knowledge and your skill um so they can get a taste of that and then obviously that tells them what they need to know in terms of can can this person do what they say they can do and and i you know they, they gives them clarity on how they could benefit from the services that you provide and then the note about chambers of commerce i think is i think um in most cases that's a totally overlooked um opportunity for so many independent business to business consultants and i think part of that is you know so much of the work that we do we can do nationally we can do virtually now so we're not limited to our own geography but the reality is why you you still don't have to be limited to your own geography but you can still go find clients at your local chamber. Right. And so it, it's not a this or that it can be a yes. And, and I think that, you know, chambers of commerce provide as a rule, if it's done well, right. And you're leveraging opportunities properly and giving value first networking properly. They're huge opportunities for most, for most advisors and consultants uh, just by being active and engaged in, in their, in their local chamber groups, like you've yeah. described, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for kind of giving a profile of your of your business. Um, I want to, uh, if, if you don't mind, I'd love to dive into some of your expertise because one of the most common things that I see and, and I network with a lot of independent business to business consultants, because that's the world that those are my clients, those are my friends, those are my colleagues, the people that I network with. I'm sure you do too. I know you do because we're part of mm-hmm. the same group. Um, in In terms of the work that you do, helping leaders lead themselves first, build stronger teams, focusing on what matters most from the standpoint of looking at other, and I won't say solopreneurs, because maybe they are, maybe they are a one person shop and they still have to lead themselves in their business. But a lot of of us have small teams or growing teams. Um, I won't ask you for the silver bullet because I know there's no such thing, but what common challenges or what common advice uh, might you encourage someone like you or I who's leading our own consulting firm? We're trying to do more with less. We're trying to, um, like you said, maybe we're trying to level up, but we can't quite put our finger on what's holding us back. Um, What Maybe what types of questions should we be asking ourselves? What type of advice might you give us? How can we do a better job getting clarity on what we need to do to lead ourselves better and to enhance you know mm-hmm. the uh, the achievement capability of our firm.
1: Yeah. So um, I would say, in a nutshell, that well, in a nutshell, and then I'm going to expound on that nutshell. There's so, here, yeah. Open the nut okay. um, is yeah, leading yourself. I mean, that's I think when we get when we start a business, and especially if we're in some kind of a, a consulting nature business, we we like people, and 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 I also think people who are drawn to start their own business have ideas they have visions they are passionate about it they're excited about it and I, and i wow that's great um it also needs to be harnessed in some way
0: mm-hmm.
1: there needs to be a foundation right so um i'm going to glance over here at a tool that i developed mm-hmm. which is a self-leadership map and you know it's um, our mess is our message, right? So sure. part of my mess is I am a- an excitable person. I love ideas. I love connecting with people. And so I needed something to keep myself on track. Sure. And I think that's the biggest thing, actually, the biggest difference between being having my own business and working for organizations, which I did for so many years, is I don't have anyone to tell me that's not a good idea. Or yeah. you're going in too many different directions or remember what our values are, you know? So the, the tool I developed has nine different areas. And the first area is all about intrinsic motivation. Like how do you keep yourself motivated? And it's not rah, rah. It starts with the foundational things um, having, for example, I'll just touch on a couple of these, but mm-hmm. uh, having, being clear about your values. And I really like Brene Brown's approach of And it's in her book, Dare to Lead. And it's narrowing it down to two values. Mm. Because I don't know about you, but I've done lots of values exercises and I get excited and I have a long list and I think, ah, this is brilliant. And then I I couldn't tell you what my values are.
0: Yeah. I've been there. Yep.
1: But I can tell you now, my values are connection and usefulness Mm. and I use those. So I like to use it again, a Brene term, but Operationalizing my values. I use yeah. them to make our decisions. I use them to design new programs. I use them to choose what events we'll go to. I mean, they just drive everything. Mm. Those mini workshops, I do those because I get to connect with people and I get to provide something useful to them. Um, knowing your why, you know, knowing why, what's your purpose? What is it that, because we lose track of it when we start doing all those to dos. Um, this is, I, I love doing this for myself, writing myself love notes. Like, you don't have somebody in the office that's going to tell you you're awesome. So, what do you, you know, what you need to hear? What do you yeah. need to hear? What jotted, you know, there's lots of different ways to do that. Um, and then this area of really choosing who you want to be, uh, but filling your cup. Mm-hmm. So, let's say, for example, I want to be, um, you know, oh gosh, inspiring, and I want to be, uh, aware. I want to be authentic. Well, those don't just happen. If you had a crummy night's sleep, if you're not eating well, if you're not exercising, if you're not giving yourself what you need. And I I think about that in these four different ways of intellectually, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that looks like for you. You know, when you feel on your game and when you feel blah, well, if you feel blah, I don't care how you want to fake it, it's going to come across. Yeah. Everyone you meet will know that. And your business knows it. You know, you can't, you're not as clear in your business when you're not as as clear inside. Um, And then the area of visions and goals, you know, really being able to see what you want. I mean, that is the vision. What does it look like to get what you want? And then to set specific goals to go with that and to have those in a container where you, you can easily access all of this when you need it. Um, and even laying them out 30 days, 90 days, mm-hmm. a year, five years, even 10 years. And I when I know when I first did those longer term goals, I thought, well, I don't know what the heck I want out that far. Who knows? But slowly, I just I kept trying things on, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean you have to stick, but knowing where you're going, have some kind of yeah. dream of where you're going. Uh, and then I, I think this is the uh, just an unsexy, super important thing is. Giving yourself that steadfast support that you need there day in and day out. So it's uh, taking that consistent action,
0: mm.
1: being tenacious, those little steps, the consistency. I was hearing the other day about exercise, like better to do 20 minutes a day than two hours on Saturday. Yeah. You know, it's for all these little steps. Um, and then giving yourself support. I call it energizing support who is it that supports you and who we're talking people now, Um, individuals, groups, organizations. Now, what organization do you want to commit to that you really want to show up at? I don't know about you. It's like, I love joining different groups, but then it's just another email to get, And it actually starts bringing your energy instead of bringing you energy as being a part of it. Uh, Even getting clear about what your obstacles are. And it doesn't, ignoring them doesn't help, right? Whether these obstacles are internal. And this is where I will tie now. I have much deeper knowledge. I have definitely deep knowledge about that inner saboteur voice or glimum voice. The one that showed up on that trip um, for, you know, out on the motorcycle that was saying all those mean things before we left, or even when we were out there that was bringing doubt into my mind. Now I have strategies for coping with that because it's not going to go away. We all have it. It's not going to go away. I could give a whole lecture on that, but we'll go on to the next thing. Yeah, and then, and then of course there's those external obstacles. Yeah, you know, how how does your technology need set up? How does your office need set up? What's your process for marketing? But laying those out, and then and then the la- kind of the second to the last thing is celebrating. Like, even though you and i think this is something i really miss being an organization where you're there together as a team and you're like yes we did it you know yeah uh, uh, you take a moment to celebrate before it's on to the next thing oh uh, yeah we got to do that for ourselves too yep. and it's actually neuroscience when we celebrate it teaches our brain to do more of the same and and like little little insight here too when you expose your armpits it actually sends a stronger message to your brain so i do that I, I don't always go like this, but I'll go like, "Yami."
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's okay.
1: You know what you need? Then the very last area, this number nine area is really pulling it all together. And I think that's what we miss is, okay, we do the work. We have this all written down. Now, what does it look like in action? And that's kind of a whole separate topic also, but just trying to give an overview of this. Yeah. Because it's really helped me have this foundation. Uh, Some of these, I look at it. I have it always hanging on my wall. I update it once a month, but I don't have to update the whole thing. It's mainly just the vision and goals area, Mm -hmm. but I read through the rest of it and remind myself of those things. So yeah, if I'm not leading myself, I'm not showing up the way I want to show up with my clients.
0: And then that creates a a direct, it's not an indirect, but it's a direct chain reaction or domino effect on everything we touch or are involved with in any shape, form or fashion. Pres- uh, of course the most direct uh, domino we're going to knock over or, or affect is going to be the people that we're around. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, we're, we're people, we're humans, we engage with each other. And so um, yeah, that is, that's fantastic. That is, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I've taken two pages of notes just in the last <laughs> few minutes, just Ooh. writing down uh, things as fast as I can. Um, yeah. This is incredibly, incredibly helpful, and it and by looking at it in this way, um, thinking through this methodology, this is your this is the overview, the outline of your self leadership map, right? Yeah. Th- thinking about it in this way, it provides. <laughs> I was going to say a checklist, but what I really mean is it provides a, a legitimate map on have, on yeah, where yeah. where we need to go where, you know, and, and it's a, it's a journey that we're always on, right? It's not, it's not, oh, you're here and you're going to get here. Yes, you might, you, you might get more proficient in this area, this area, in this area, but those things continue to be done. It's not that you get to check them off the list and take them away. It's that you get to check them off the list for now, and then you've got to continue to check them off the list. And so thinking about it in that way, honestly, mm-hmm. as I'm, and I'm kind of, just talking out loud here as my brain is trying to process some of this mm-hmm. um, it's liberating. Mm-hmm. It's liberating mm-hmm. in the, well, I, the way that my brain is thinking about it the way I think I'm starting to internalize this right or wrong. Uh, it's liberating in the sense that this, this, what we're talking about, leading ourselves, it's not a, yes, we will, we can, should, will become more proficient in it and we'll get better and better and better at it. Mm-hmm. But so often, in, in the work that I do, or, and maybe this is my own, uh, psychosis a little bit. I feel like, I feel like there has to be an end. I feel like I have to finish something and I'm always, always working to, uh, to, to put it, to get it done and put it away. And that creates stress and pressure that honestly is largely probably unnecessary in the first place, especially when it comes to this. And so what I'm hearing you say is just keep these things in front of you, just keep, make this the horizon. And you're always striving to get to the horizon. And that will propel you further and move you in the direction that you want to go, help you achieve your goals, help you be a better team manager and team leader, help you um, uh, achieve the business goals that you want to achieve, not to mention the personal goals you want to achieve, make you more fulfilled, make you happier. Um, and so, again, thinking of it in and I, and I guess it's the it goes back to the the cliche, which I think there's a lot of truth in it really is the journey, not the destination. Um, and this is, this is the, the map to follow. This is a, an ever evolving, um, journey that we're on. So anyway, that's, so I, I, have to add one,
1: I have to add one more a caveat to that is I'm Please. listening to a book by Simon Sinek called the infinite game of business. Right. Okay. It's shifting your mindset. Just exactly what you were talking about. Shifting mm-hmm. your mindset that, Oh, check off the list. This is done to wait, This is going to go on and on. Like, I'm going to continue evolving. Um, there is and, that's,
0: no, and that's okay. In fact, that's what gets us further faster yeah. is realizing that, is not trying to put um, you know, the feather in the cap, so to speak, and, and dismiss it, but to understand that this is a, a progression.
1: Yeah, and it's probably why we all started our businesses, because we wanted that freedom, that growth, the challenge. Um, and it's hard sometimes. Yeah. So anything we can do to support ourselves, it makes everything better. Yeah.
0: yeah. So this this becomes the genesis. Well, I think what you just walked us through at a high level, and, you, yeah. and even though you were walking this at a high level, you gave very, very tactical, practical advice. It's really, really content-rich, really, really valuable. Uh, but this becomes the genesis for how you engage with someone, right? Mm-hmm. And then based on these nine areas, you can kind of assess where how well they're doing in any given area compared to where compared to their potential in the moment. And then of course, all these things, like I mentioned, stay on the horizon and we're always working to, to level up them all, but certainly, and as you were going through, I was starring certain ones, yeah. ones that I know are things that I either don't do or that I don't do particularly well because I'm not focused on them enough, right? I'm not aware of them enough. I'm just not paying attention to them. And so we start there to try to build, um, on to, to make ourselves better leaders of ourselves. I mean, again, I'm yeah. using your words back to you, but I'm starting to actually understand and internalize really what that means now.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love that you just said you're, you're just more aware and paying attention and that yeah. really is the key. It's Yeah. yeah.
0: This, this has been fantastic. Um, I, I love the trajectory and journey of our conversation uh, to, to continue the metaphor it is incredibly valuable. Um, I want to ask a question that I ask uh, all of my guests. Um, and honestly, I think I could take away the answer to this question uh, for my own benefit, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, top lessons learned from your personal professional uh, life and career. So, you know, lay, lay a couple of those on us. And then I want to make sure that everybody finds out how they can engage with you, contact you. Maybe they've got a client that needs uh, the services that you provide. So, but first lessons, lessons learned.
1: Okay, great. Oh, I love this question. And three things came to mind right away. So first be tenacious.
0: Hmm.
1: I was told a hmm. long ago, I, Jaylene, you are tenacious. And I realized that is really a, a superpower of mine. Yeah. Second. Make it about them and they'll make it about you. Mm. Sometimes I forget, get all wrapped in, up in the complexities of marketing or, or or preparing, but just remembering to make it about them. And the third thing is there are no rules. <laughs> like We get to make up the rules. There yeah. are very few. I can't even think of one, especially in business, right? Uh, Except yeah. for we're not going to break the law, but otherwise there are no rules. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: that's my that's my wisdom. Those, those, are, are
0: my those, uh-huh. those are Those are incredible. Those are great. That's fantastic. Um so if someone wants to wants to engage with you, they want to enter into the world of Jaylene Case, maybe they've got a client to refer, they just want to maybe even work with you directly. What's the best way for them to uh, access you, engage with you, contact you?
1: Best way is to go to my website. Mm-hmm. So jaylenecase.com, J-A-L-E-N-E, C-A-S-E.com. Good. And right on the homepage, there is a red button to schedule 15 minutes with me. Just schedule a 15 minute phone call and we can just start out by connecting, talking um, and then contact page is on there. So sure. just take yeah.
0: that is that is phenomenal. And thank you for being willing to do that. I would encourage everybody listening and watching um, to to take advantage of that opportunity just to talk to Jaylene. As you can tell, she's she's. Just wonderful to talk to. And, you know, one of the things I wrote down to Jaylene, which I think I'm going to try to put more into my life. You said you're all about I don't know exact your exact words, but you were saying you're all about amazing conversations. Um, and so I would just encourage everyone to click the red button um, because no doubt it'll be an amazing conversation with Jaylene. Um, mm-hmm. Jaylene, thank you uh, so much for carving out the time to be here today. It was incredibly valuable. Like I said, I've got pages and pages of notes. And you are anything but a dime a dozen. So <laughs> oh, I, nice. I really, really appreciate um, appreciate you sharing uh, your expertise with, with me and with everyone here today. I'd love to have you back at some point in the future.
1: I'd love that. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks it is an me. absolute pleasure.
0: Very good. Well, for Consulting with Authority, this is Scott Cantrell. As always, wishing you all the best of success. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects... Visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete the short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website, and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high-value clients. Until next time, make sure you are consulting with authority.